The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor... Would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Welcome, everybody. This is James Robinson, and this is Get Real Radio. And my guest today is an icon in spiritual circles. His name is Alan Steinfeld. And we we tend to talk in terms of people being on a spiritual path or people trying to find themselves, people who are evolving or improving their lives and and they want to know what is out there to find a better life and and one of the people that I thought of when we were putting the show together was Alan because Alan if you if you imagine all the spiritual paths of all the different teachers all the different healers all of the very famous spiritual teachers all the very controversial people and everything else at one point or another, they all want to get on Alan's TV show, which is called New Realities TV. And Alan has kind of been the focal point of a lot of very, very famous people. I went online to his website, which is www.newrealitiestv, and I just was overwhelmed with all of the different people that have been on a show all of the very, very important people and some of the people who are on what I might call the fringe of spirituality, the people who are uh, more interested in, in the metaphysics and the alien visitations and all that sort of stuff. And Alan is very courageous, very uh, avant-garde uh, TV host who invites all these people onto his show and and he gets a chance to interview them and and the reason I wanted Alan on this show was because if there's anybody who knows what's going on in the spiritual world it would be Alan. So Alan, welcome to Get Real Radio. Well, thank you James. That was a great introduction. I I um, I I thank you for that. And yes, let's get real whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I mean is let's uh, let's find out some of the things that people need to know about the spiritual movement. I mean, I always come to these shows with from the position that you know that I, my life is not going the way I want it to. I I know there's something more out there. Uh, there's something I'm missing. Uh, you know, and and I look, go to the self help 
section of the library and it's just, you know, hundreds and hundreds of books that all are telling me different things. And what I try to do with this show is to help people know what is out there and, and to give them some kind of idea of, of where, uh, they might want to avoid or it might not be as beneficial and uh, try to let help them make their own choices about whether they want to try meditation or do they want to try some movement or do they want to do exercise or they want to do uh, metaphysics. You know, a lot of people have a lot of different interests, but, you know, as in all things, uh, there's the positive side, what we call the positive things, the things that are beneficial, and then there are the negative things or the shadow side, what we call it, and that is the stuff that may not be so beneficial. So, uh, at any rate, I, I wanted to chat with Alan today about his experiences with with so many different spiritual leaders and spiritual theories and spiritual spirituality in general that maybe he could shed some light on you know what what is the good stuff and what is the stuff that uh you know may not be as helpful so anyway alan if you could just uh give us a little bit of information about your background and education and how in the world did you become a tv host right well uh Thank you for that. Uh, just as far as, like, the whole introduction that you've given me and my uh, overview of the spiritual uh, world, it comes from my, I would say, obsession about wanting to know what's really going on, um, like you, Jane. So um, some people have had careers. Some people have had families. I've just taken workshops for the past 25 years with every teacher and tradition uh, I came across because I felt there was some value in all of it. There's more value in some teachings and less in others, but everyone has their own angle on on the nature of reality, and I wanted to know what that was. And from there, I was able to kind of formulate my own idea of the world. So after there was all all the workshops I, I, that were available to be taken, I, I, I took them. Then there was nothing else to do except in a way, um, put it all together and interview these people and start to go deeper into this, this phenomenon, which is spirituality, which has, in a sense, become an industry. I mean, there's the film industry, there's the sports industry, and then there's the spirituality industry. I'm not saying that to kind of put it down. I'm just saying it has become a force, in a sense. It's become a presence in this world. So... With my uh, need to know, because I'm still working on myself, you know, I'm doing this first for me. I'm interviewing all these people because I want to know. And then if I can share what I've learned with other people and they benefit from that, that's great. So um, I've tried to talk to everyone. Yeah, the famous, the near famous, and the infamous, and the not so famous. Uh, you know, uh, like people like Deepak Chopra, he's been on my... Uh, um, television show and he said to me there's things that he could say on my show that he cannot say in the mainstream because the mainstream's not ready for it so I felt like what I've done is open a doorway to alternative consciousness different ways of looking at the world that go against our mainstream culture so it's really is avant-garde in that sense and it's avant-garde spirituality as well because 
I feel that we are changing as a spiritual culture. We're emerging, first of all, in this country as a, as a spiritual culture. And many, many countries like India have had, uh, you know, thousands of years of, of spirituality and history that have been infused into its mainstream culture. But uh, America's now um, opening up to that integration when you get people like Oprah interviewing Eckhart Tolle in front of, you know, 10 million people on television, that is an influx of this new knowledge that I think is changing all of us, whether we're aware of it or not. So I'm very happy to be part of that, to contribute whatever I have discovered towards that movement, towards the shift in people's consciousness, meaning the way they relate to the reality, the way they relate to themselves as far as spiritual beings, infinite beings, beings that exist beyond their physical embodiment. I think that's truly at the core of all spiritual traditions to know that, yes, we have a body, we need to nourish our body, take care of our body, but that we're more than our bodies. And when that understanding takes place and is in um, an awareness in people's consciousness, then they open up to the infinite that they already are. So underneath all of the things that I've done and people I've talked to and interviewed, there's that mm, everlasting truth about the infinite nature of consciousness. And that's what's most exciting for me. How did you get into the TV show? Right. So, like I said, after I did all the workshops I can do, I wanted to then talk to these people, and it was a teacher named um, Paul Lowe, who was, um, was a good friend of mine, whose teachings I really liked, because he was a very, he just talked about presence, be here now, be in each moment, was uh, his latest book, so um, I was promoting him in New York, because I really believed in his work, so um, one way to promote people was to do television, public access, so I got a show and I did that, it was really my first interview in New York, I think it was with Paul Lowe, um, I was living in Santa Fe before that, studying acupuncture, I also did some programs there that sort of opened me up, that was called The Art of Living in Santa Fe with a guy named Jonathan Lowe, he gave me my first break as an interviewer. And then I came back to New York and said, well, I could do this. And then I was promoting this workshop. And I said, you know, I like asking questions. I, I, um, I enjoy finding out about people. So from Paul Lowe and that initial program, I found other people that I wanted to talk to that would remind me of who I was. So it's an ever-long, ever-continuing search for that. <clears throat> what was the, if I could ask this, and you don't, you can Anything you answer want, James. I'm, I'm an open uh, book. Okay. Well, I, my question is, is there any interview that really stands out in your mind as is, is the most uh, impactful, is the most uh, enlightening interview you've ever done? Yes, absolutely, yes. I mean, there's a few, but I would say... When I first heard about the work of Bruce Lipton, I thought that was such an extreme um, renovation of what we consider biology to be. I'm sure people know about Bruce Lipton. He wrote The Biology of Belief. And he says that um, 
the information or, or the cell itself is a reflection of the environment and and the intelligence of the cell is not in the nucleus, it's in the membrane and that the cells evolve through interaction with their environment. So it was, you know, if you come from traditional science, they say Darwin says that cells um, change through a chance mutation and Bruce Lipton said, no, there's no chance about this. This is a direct, intelligent interaction with the environment on um, and, and the cellular structure. So there was no chance to this. It, and it, it made sense with what I was observing about the universe. How could the how can we evolve by by just a randomness? There seemed to be a purpose to to our evolution and our our consciousness. So um, I sought out Bruce Lipton's work. I actually went out. Me and a friend drove out to. Well, we're in California, but we looked him up. We went to his home, and he spent two hours with me talking on my show about this different way of looking at biology. He says that we are um, we are sort of um, what's that? Um, we're, we're sort of um, not really in the body. We're the intelligence. We're the signal that's being transmitted to our body. So it's like the radio. And um, and the and the and the voice in the radio. You don't, the announcer's not in the radio. There's a signal coming from someplace else that the radio is broadcasting. Well, that's what's happening on the cellular level in our bodies. We're picking up consciousness that is not necessarily located in the body. The brain is the hardware to access consciousness, but consciousness itself is non-local. And with our specific frequencies of our soul, spirit, personality, self, the body's drawing in that signal and broadcasting us here as incarnational beings on planet Earth. Well, when he put that together in a biological platform, something just clicked. It made sense. It was like a, more than an aha. aha. It was like a a revelation that impacted me on my body, mind, spirit level. So that interview and the teachings, and he continues to teach and formulate new ideas. I mean, I was just giving you a brief overview, but um, the fact that people are now combining spirituality and biology, like Bruce Lipton, uh, I think is very important for the evolution of our movement. So... That was what was. That's one interview that stands out. How's that? No, that was. Uh, I, I, quite frankly, I'm not really that familiar with uh, Dr. Lipton's work, but that's. Uh, I can see how that would definitely be influential. Um, yeah, and there was one other one that I really enjoy. Well, it was every I enjoy all the interviews, but that, but the ones I enjoy most are the ones with people who have original new cutting-edge ideas, and there's another person I've interviewed a bunch of times called Nassim Haramim talking about black hole physics, how there's a black hole inside of every um, singularity, so inside of every atom, inside of every cell, inside of every planet, every sun, every galaxy, there's black holes that are generating um, certain fields of energy, and he goes into the whole physics of that, and by duplicating that, we can create anti-gravity and and time travel and, and uh, free energy. So um, 
it's those brilliant um, minds that are going to change the world, that are already changing the world, and that's really what I look for the most in my program. So you're going towards a more scientific bent. Well, science is is what excites me, but I also like people who've had um, spiritual experiences. I mean... I mean, those scientists are rare. I mean, there's not a lot out there, and I, I do lots of programs. So I also try to talk to spiritual teachers, like I said, Deepak Chopra. I, I've had some great interviews and dialogues with him. Um, lots of people have claimed to have an awakening. There was a woman that I met in England named Anata who who had this awakened experience in a Japanese prison. A lot of these interviews are on YouTube. If you go to youtube.com slash new realities, you can find a lot of these interviews. And this one woman said she was in prison for this minor little drug charge. Maybe she had marijuana or something. And then Japanese put into three years of, of hard labor. And she, she was being tortured not by her, her guards, but by her own mind. And she, one day she woke up and realized she wasn't being tortured. It was just her mind. And she woke up free of her mind. And there was a rush of energy that went through her body because of that awakening. And then she's able to transmit. After, I mean, she was, she was only there really for about two years in the prison camp. But it was awful in some ways. But when she got out, she realized she was just as free outside as she was inside. Or inside as it was outside. And she's able to transmit that awareness to people of freedom. The freedom is from the mind, and that also excites me, that kind of um, interviews. Well, I've, uh, there's a saying that uh, is pretty meaningful for me, and uh, following up on that is that we are, all, we are our own jailers. And yeah. it, it sounds like she found the um, truth of that. It's time to let our very generous sponsors have a word. So we'll be taking a break, and we'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. How do you know if you're living with an addict? If you think you know all the recognizable signs, you probably don't. If you're listening to and reading from the so-called experts, you probably don't. You need to hear from a parent, just like yourself, who has been there and can tell you what it's like firsthand. Please listen to Afflicted by Addiction with Bradley DeHaven. Our program is heard every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It just might save your life or the life of someone you love. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. 
However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, and this is Get Real Radio with James Robinson, and my guest today is Alan Steinfeld, who is the producer, promoter, and TV host on New Realities TV, and he is a very, he's at the forefront and knows exactly what's going on in the spiritual movement, or at least a lot more than most people, and the question I was asking when that we had some technical difficulties was about metaphysics and for people who don't know what meta- what I mean by metaphysics I mean the more mystery sort of stuff the mystical aspects of spirituality that have grown up uh whether it's ma- you know magic or whether it's uh talking to God or talking to dead people or talking to aliens or, you know, all these things that I know that mainstream America is, is a little dubious about. And, and so I know, Alan, looking at your website, that you've interviewed a lot of these types of people who are, uh, promoting or, and are doing these types of mystical things of spirituality and I'd, I'd just like for you to you know give me your take on all of that as as far as what is what is metaphysics and where is its place in our reality and and what it what people how how they should approach it well thank you for asking that question of course you know metaphysics it's it's you know there's not just thousands of books dedicated to that. There's libraries and libraries dedicated to that subject. Um, so how I understand it, and I'm trying to put into a modern context, is that, um, let's start here. Psychology has done us a disservice in some ways. I mean, it's gotten us, people like Freud and Jung, they've gotten us to understand ourselves, but that has, um, particularly Freudian understanding of the mind, has put us into a a box, and it says that the human mind is only capable of um, a certain level of perception within a very limited culture. So um, we have framed our awareness to take place in terms of a, of a cultural context. And if you have a thought that's outside that culture, it's considered crazy or, you know, just out there or... Uh, it doesn't have a relevance. So um, we haven't been allowed to think in 
in terms that we are more, like I said before, than our bodies. We are expanded beyond the limited psychological being that we've been um, conditioned to think we are. So when I, in my interviews, I've talked to people such as Anita Morjani, her book, Dying to Be Me, uh, even Alexander, Proof of Heaven. These are people who've had dramatic near-death experiences, which means their bodies were totally dead, no brain function, yet they had an awareness of something bigger than themselves, of bigger than their bodies. They had a perspective and a perception of, of more that transcended the psychology that, that was limited. So when these people talk to me about their um, experiences of the other realms and they've come back to this world to talk, um, to tell people that that's real, and in the case of even Alexander, who's a neurologist who works with the science of the mind, said there's no way I could have had these experiences and not have any brain function to register for it. Therefore, consciousness or the awareness that we are is, is, is beyond, beyond the body. It's sort of like what Bruce Lipton was saying in terms of biology. So that um, awareness and that connection to the non physical self as, in, as we get in meditation practice, any type of meditation you do as you turn your consciousness inward, you discover the infinite space inside of us is basically metaphysics. It's basically understanding that there's more than just physics or physicality. There's a meta or beyond a physical um, understanding of who we are. So I know that's a bit of a long definition, but I hope that makes sense. Uh, uh, that was wonderful. The question I've got is that if if you're sitting there trying to decide which, uh, you know, what to study, and in other words, there are people who, like myself, uh, some time ago, who knew that what I knew wasn't all there is and that you have to start somewhere. And based on all of your interviews with all of these different uh, <clears throat> practitioners and experts and people who uh, have some knowledge, is there any particular way that people ought to approach learning what else is going on. I mean, you know, we could either talk about angel magic or we can talk about psychology or we can talk about uh, yeah. Yeah. Eastern, Eastern mysticism. How would you well, approach it? Well, I get that. I think that's a really, really great question. So what we're, what I'm trying to do and actually what you're trying to do here, James, is plant seeds of possibility. I mean, nothing... I really talk about to people on the program is more valuable than people's own experiences. So by hearing about what's possible, by, by just considering these words we're sharing today and saying, well, maybe I am more than just my psychology. Maybe there's more to my mind. If you can, if people have, have that sense and then they have an experience like one night they might be sleeping and sometimes they find themselves out of their bodies or, or traveling or um, lucid in their dreams. They, you know, they, they can then reference that experience to something they 
heard here on these programs and realize that um, there's proof of those realities. But if you don't have a reference point for the experience, it, it, you tend to disregard it. So I think what we're trying to do in this emerging new culture is give people a map to the unknown. And, of course, there's a much more to know about than, than uh, I mean, that's my ongoing eternal investigation. I want to know it all and bring it back to people so we can, through our experiences, change the, the nature of reality, the nature of our interactions, and and the expanded definition of who we think we are as human beings. So in order to start that movement in people listening, I would just say first contemplate the possibility that that you're more than your body, that you can travel outside your body, that perhaps there are beings that exist in some immaterial form that we can interact with, that we can communicate with. I mean, I'm a big fan of channeling people who have opened their consciousnesses to higher beings and allow those words to come through them. I've seen some amazing transmissions. There's someone I'm, I'm actually promoting tonight named Paul Selig who's talking to these masters. And since they, they are beyond their bodies, they have to use our bodies to communicate these higher wisdoms. Now, some people might just think that's crazy. Or other people might listen to what's being said here and maybe disregard the messenger, but use the message as ways of evolving their life and evolving what they are here to know. And, and that might be a way to start. So, um, you know, the, the consideration, planting seeds of possibility, and then, like I said also before, Meditation, which is not stopping the mind, that's a ridiculous, you can never stop your mind, but you can stop listening to your mind. You know, don't believe your thoughts. Your thoughts are like a, a radio or television in the background that's constantly going on, but who you are, who we are, are not the thoughts. We are the observer of the thoughts. The Buddhists have a thing, thoughts without a thinker. We're not the, we're, we're just watching it all. And, and most people in the material world think that their thoughts, their thoughts tell them to do something, they do it. Well, people who've had a kind of spiritual awareness can take a step back and say, well, I'm not my thoughts, I'm the consciousness that's looking at the thoughts and I can see. Do I want to do that? Is this in everyone's best interest or is it not? And, you know, that's really the, the evolution here of us as human beings is to consider our actions and hopefully make them for the highest of all involved. And with that, we not just evolve ourselves, but we evolve the, the society that we're living in and think that's what we also need to do. We need to look at our own metaphysical spiritual beliefs and, and, and use that as a tool for the collective. So something like that. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a hard question for you now. Sure. And uh, I don't mean to pose an impossible question, but... No, no, question... anything. That's the more impossible the question, the more fun the answer. So make it as impossible as you can. Okay. For you, what is the difference between religion and spirituality? Oh, come on. That's not an impossible question. That's a very... No, that's okay. Re... <laughs> Religion started off as a as spirituality. I mean, that's what it is 
at its core essence. People turn to religion because they are looking for this higher connection. The problem, and this is just my, let's say, prejudice, is that religions have become institutionalized spirituality. I mean, yes, there's good traditions, there's like nice ceremonies, but true spirituality must transcend religion. Jesus was not a Christian. Jesus was a very evolved being that transcended his own religion. He transcended Judaism. He didn't come to start a religion. He, uh, I, I think people like Jesus have come to point the way to the inner spirituality. I am the Father of One means that you and all that is are the same, you know. This is my interpretation. Buddha wasn't a Buddhist. Buddhist came to transcend the ancient dogmas of Hinduism. And so he, people like Buddha, have found a way to direct connection to the source. Religion is using a middleman. You have to use a priest or whatever to, to make your way to the source. But as the Gnostics have pointed out, there's direct knowing. We, we are not here to be, I mean, this is just my radical belief. I'm, I think we should, like John Lennon said, imagine no religion. I mean, it's easy if you try, because um, religion has, like all institutions, and I, I talk about this in my New Realities talk, religion has gotten in the way of spirituality, and we, if we want to extend this, medicine has gotten in the way of health, education has gotten in the way of learning, all these institutions have created false edifices that have been encrusted, and now they have to be torn down because they become... Um, idols unto themselves and, and particularly religion, whatever religion it is, is now um, qualified and quantified our spiritual experience and stands in the way of our true connection to the source. So let's just wipe that whole thing out. Let's just get rid of it. Yeah, there's some beautiful things, some beautiful traditions, but those traditions have not to do so much with spirituality, have to do with, um, you know, um, culture. So, you know, I think we have to really get rid of all of it and, and find, I mean, I think shamanism is the direct connection. Taoism, Gnosticism, these are direct connections that are not religions, but they're, they're paths to show our way to our own true God nature. <clears throat> Do you see spirituality as... Uh, developing into a religious type of institution? Well, that's also a good question. I mean, the tendency is for people to codify these, so like, like you know, the people are having these near-death experiences and they're saying they transcend their religion with these understandings. But then other people who haven't had those experiences come along and try to make... Um, uh, laws or, um, you know, aphorisms or, um, or metaphysical principles based on those experiences and they start to become religiousized and they lose the direct experience. So we, we have to really be present and careful to keep alive the direct experience without institutionalizing this spiritual approach into a religion. It's, there's no need for religion when you have a direct connection. And, and a lot of people I talk to 
um, realize that. So it really takes a lot of vigilance not to codify it into something other than what it is. When you uh, said that health or medicine has become a problem as far as health, are they? Do you ever see, you know, what I call the alternative health movement, which is basically uh, well-being and and nutrition and uh, you know taking care of your emotional health is. Are, are, do you ever see those things ever merging with all, uh, allopathic medicine, which we call big pharma and medicine and all that? Yeah, I mean, I was just sort of exaggerating the example. There's definitely a need for Western medicine. I mean, you know, you have an infection, you're going to take it. I mean, an antibiotic, you, you have a broken bone, you're going to go to Western medicine and I, there's definitely a place for western medicine but what has happened is that you know the drug companies control the AMA um, looks down on any alternative practice but you know more and more I mean alternative medicine is a huge industry and there's no way to stop it I mean I've been trained as an acupuncturist and they know the benefits of understanding the the chi body the chi that runs through through all of us, the life force that runs through all of us. So, yeah, there will be emerging, I see, of traditional allopathic medicine with all these alternatives, but it's like, I think it was, what's his name? I'm one of those uh, quantum physicists that says science progresses one funeral at a time. And so, as the old guard <laughs> sort of dies off and is forgotten, there makes room for new ideas to come through and um, that's how it's going to have to happen or because people are too invested in the old paradigm to embrace something new, at least those that are at the um, cultural gatekeepers, I call them. They will not let the new come in, and, that, and that's true of spirituality. That's the problem with religion. It's problem. So, yes, Western medicine can integrate these new ideas and including... Um, energy medicine and traditional ideas of healing and, and hands-on hands-on healing and and um, you know homeopathy and herbalism. There's there needs to be a place in in our civilization to embrace these alternatives because they work. They, they've been around for thousands of years, not because there it's some. Um, um, what do they call those um, people who 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 um, who don't know how to do anyway? Not because they don't work, but because they work. You know, so we have to acknowledge that, and and we have to open up our minds to embrace them. I totally agree. Well, once again, we're going to uh, let our sponsors have a word, and we'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com 
Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Get Real Radio with James Robinson and our guest, Alan Steinfeld, the host of the landmark TV series, New Realities TV. And we're talking about just a lot of different topics about spirituality in general and also the industry of spirituality. And and one of the things that has concerned me ever since I got started on my spiritual path, and I've I'm kind of like Alan, who is who wanted to kind of sample the buffet of spirituality and and learn as much as I can. Is is one of the things that I've observed in my journeys is that there are a lot of people who want to give up their day job to be a healer, or they uh, a channel, or a mystic, or a psychic, or a talks to the dead, or something, and they and they all. You know, they, they've made some very unwise financial decisions about whether or not they should take that very expensive week-long seminar that will awaken their consciousness or, or whatever it proposes to do. And, and I know Alan and I were just chatting about the fact of, of the thing that what is out there and, and whether or not it's worth the money. And so, Alan, I'd, I'd like, because of your vast experience with talking to a lot of different people, a lot of different practitioners, um, what advice uh, or guidance can you give people who think they're going to quit their day job to and, and make a lot of money being a healer? Well, if you think you're going to make a lot of money, that's not the real reason to go into anything. I mean, um, 
So that's the first thing. I, I don't think people become healers necessarily because they think they're going to make a lot of money. I mean, some people maybe, but that's definitely the wrong reason to quit your day job because you think you're going to make a lot of money as a healer. I mean, um, if people have talent as a healer, then they should definitely do it. I mean, it does also take a little bit of trust. If you really are not happy with the day job you're doing and you have a, a passion to do something else, I say the universe will support you. I mean, it supported me. It's supporting you. It's supporting thousands of people. I mean, it may not be um, like working on Wall Street, but, you know, I don't think those people are happy. So um, it's a balance. I mean, yes, some people should quit their day jobs and, and follow their passion, whatever it is, whether it's to be an artist or a writer or a singer. I mean, and it's not, that's not always going to be easy for them to follow that, but, you know, ultimately, I think it is rewarding, so, um, but definitely, if you think you're doing it to make a lot of money, that's, yeah, I wouldn't even go there, because that's, that just just doesn't make sense at all, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. One thing, um, how have you seen the internet impact the spiritual world? Well, I think the Internet is very important in our evolution. It is bringing us together as a, as a whole one planet. When um, Marshall McLuhan used the term global village in the 1960s, no one had any idea what he was talking about. Now everybody knows it. And so the Internet is the nervous system of our humanity, of our human organism. So we are essentially one being in all these billions of different bodies, but now we've created a mechanism that helps us realize that connection. It's a connection we've always had, but now we can actually see it. So, you know, anyone in the world, we can talk to instantly. Of course, that reflects the ability of our non-local consciousness to make instant contact with anyone we want. So the Internet is, is a metaphor for who we are as infinite, eternal, spiritual beings. And it's also a practical tool in bringing the world together as a one whole consciousness. So I think it's a huge part of our individual, planetary, collective, cosmic evolution. It's, it's very exciting. Based, uh, you know, just have knowing you, for eight years or more and watched your development and watched your TV show. I know you've got, you've had hundreds and hundreds of guests on your TV show. Um, what I was wondering is for me, the, the most important thing in my life is to be happy is to find happiness in whatever I'm doing. And is there been, has there been any experience that has made the most practical impact on you as far as as helping people be happy. I know that there's you know you've mentioned Bruce Lipton who has is on the forefront of uh, biology and and how the, you know the energy affects biology and all that kind of stuff. But does that really help people bring uh, come to happiness? 
So uh, you know, my question happiness is, is a very elusive term, but what I'm working on now is a project that I do think will bring everyone happiness in the sense of activating their own creativity. When you're in the creative process, if you're writing a song or dancing or or just writing or working on a film, those moments of that creative action transcend the personality ego that's looking for happiness. And in those moments of creative inspiration, they actually transcend, yeah, happiness itself. So I think the more we realize that we are creative um, beings, that we have this ongoing divine connection to the source that is feeding us from the unknown and the more we bring through that creative action in the world, whatever it is, it could be playing football, it could be being a scientist, whatever, whatever we allow new thoughts to arise in our minds out of the unknown, we're activating a greater potential not just for ourselves, for humanity and that's, that is the driving force of, of, of a new level of exchange, a new level of currency, which will bring happiness to all of us as creative, cultural creatives, individual creatives. So that's been my um, insight into that. I, I can't think of anything else that brings, I mean, yes, you can have relationships, but they, they do take work and it's okay. That's part of the creative action. You can have other ways of being fulfilled, but I think for me, what I've discovered is the creative inspiration is the, or one of the most fulfilling. Where do you see spirituality going? Uh, well, it sort of is going to where this, um, where I just said last, this creative inspiration that we are um, evolving into is to make us become more expanded human beings in, and our ability to feel. So spirituality is not about going out there into like some woo-woo land. And it's about embodied spirituality. It's about bringing the idea of us as incarnational beings into the body, about living as humans in our expanded capacity to feel. So the, the idea of creativity is that it's adding to the human uh, capacity to sense. So someone has a, a, a new picture. It, it, it expands our ability to feel. Spirituality is becoming, and this is where I hope it goes, into expanding our senses. It's like expanding our awareness. It's about feeling more more than, than just the five senses is that we have a capacity to sense energies and um, other expanded feelings that we have yet to actually language. So the idea of a, a creative impulse gives us the um, exploration of um, possibilities that then other people with their creative ideas can then language and then it becomes part of a of a recognizable uh, system that is evolving consciousness altogether. So the artist has the apprehension of something. There's other people who bring that into a comprehension that pulls it into language that people then sense 
and realize, I mean, for instance, the art of Alex Gray. Uh, he's an amazing artist who paints the energy fields. And I used to hear people in his gallery saying, yes, they had that experience, but they didn't know how to picture it. So these, um, these expanded worlds of spirituality are bringing a greater awareness into who we are as everyday people. And that's something that um, I see as the hope of our spiritual future. It's not about leaving the body behind. It's about taking our bodies into um, a new awareness of what we can be into the future. I hear uh, people talking about the shift all of the time. And they, they keep saying, well, when this, we're in the shift or when the shift happens or, or this or that, and we're going to the Garden of Eden or some, something like that. And I'm <clears throat> wondering, you know, I have my own personal opinion about what this might mean, but as far as, uh, you know, based on your experience on talk, you've probably talked to hundreds and hundreds of people about, if not thousands of people about, this sort of thing, and what is your take on the shift? Well, thank you. I mean, they say shift happens, but um, yeah. I, I think what is happening, and I think um, what you're hearing, what I'm hearing, yes, from thousands of people, is there's an increase in our vibratory field. So some people are waking up and they're feeling, in a sense, hyped up. But I think with the help of the earth frequency changing, which is our earth body changing, we are vibrating at a, at a faster rate, and, um, and that's increasing our neurological activity to make us more aware of other dimensions, and so um, the shift is this um, awakening, awakening to um, higher realms of, uh, of ETs, I think ETs and angelic beings, they exist on a level that we are coming into. So really the shift is the frequency, the vibratory frequency, accelerating to expand our awareness to meet these others that are waiting for us to wake up. And it, it, it may be shocking for people. People may all of a sudden wake up and start to see auras or ghosts or aliens and 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 they could be freaked out. There's a movie called Wake Up where this guy overnight just suddenly saw all this energy around him. He had no reference for it. But he, he researched and realized there's this long tradition of possibilities. So I think programs like what we're doing are preparing people for the shift that actually is happening. We are waking up to more possibilities. And I think it's a, it's a planetary global phenomena that's not going to miss anyone. People can resist it. People can deny it and refuse it and ridicule it, but that's not going to stop it. So okay, it's very well, Alan, Alan, I'm afraid we're out of time, so I oh. only have about a few hundred more questions but, of you, and so I would love to but, invite you back. But, James, I wanted to also hear about your work. I mean, it was, uh, uh, you know, because you're... you're equally an avid explorer of these realms, and you've had incredible experiences. So um, let's have a conversation about that. All right, we will. Well, thank you, everyone, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. 
Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self.